0: Welcome to Billion Dollar Blind Spots, where we help businesses and individuals recognize and capitalize on the billion dollar blind spots in life and business. Listen in as best-selling author Sean T. Shalas uncovers the not-so-obvious billion dollar blind spots. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Billion Dollar Blind Spots, where we actually help you discover and capitalize on the billion dollar blind spot that lies dormant within your business and your lifestyle. My name is Sean shallis I'm your host. I'm also going to be interviewing one of my good friends, long longtime mentors, coaches, um, a guy that I've actually learned a lot from. And, and we have a, like a kind of a kindred spirit. We have some things that have happened in our past that made us probably successful. Um, but you know, the guy's name is Jay Baruby. He's actually um, a real estate entrepreneur. He's been around for years, multi, uh, multiple business owners in the fields of real estate, property management, digital marketing, sales coaching. Jay has personally sold over 1,400 homes and managed 3,000 properties. I'm going to say that again, managed 3,000 properties. You know, that takes a lot of riddling for me to do that. Um, he's coached thousands of agents of property. property. Um, Jay is also on a mission to change real estate, uh, I'm sorry, train real estate agents, property managers in specific areas of sales and help them position themselves to be trusted advisors, not just a sales guy. Uh, Jay's trusted advisor approach to sales and marketing has allowed him the opportunity to implement creative, rejection-free strategy to sales marketing and provide a new approach to converting people into sales. Hey, Jay, come on in. Let's have a conversation, man. Tell us who Jay is in like a one-minute soundbite, man.
1: Hey, what's up, Sean? Hey, everybody listening and watching um, I'm Jay Berby and Sean covered it most, um, an extensive background in real estate sales and brokerage, uh, property management, built a um, property management company to scale in six states and just recently sold that off uh, last year. And ha- for the past several years have been coaching and building out marketing funnels for real estate agents, top influencers in the industry other coaches and property managers
0: hey Jay, um, I just want to touch on it because sometimes we have people that are really super smart on digital marketing and some aren't what's a funnel what is what is your definition of a funnel? yeah, good a question our sales funnel so that we can we can dumb that down for the like the third grade people in the room like me yeah, sure thing so
1: um, the easiest way to think about a sales funnel is ABC attract new clients right build okay relationships with them and then convert them to sales.
0: So attract is the first one, ABC, attract, yep. build, build. Yeah. Yep. And then convert, convert. Mm-hmm. So I've never heard that acronym before, but that's a brilliant way of doing it. I always think of, you know, like a sales funnel is automation that can sell while I'm sleeping. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's taking, old school, old school stuff that we were taught to bang on the phone and do certain things and using new school technology, behavioral intelligence to drive somebody into a platform and to kind of give them something they're looking for, but at the same time, capture their information so that we can follow up with them and possibly sell them something else.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, within funnels, right. Um, uh, funnels is mostly, that term is mostly used in the marketing, in a marketing based business. Yep. And you have, um, you have sales, which is one to one. Okay. Yep. And then you have marketing, which is one to many. And you're able, you know, we're able to ca- cast a, a much wider net when we have a good funnel in place. And when we, uh, when we do have a good funnel in place, then it's really just getting on the phone and converting those people. So if you've ever run Facebook ads before, if you've done it with an agency, and um, yeah, it doesn't matter which profession right. you're in. Um, You know, there's a hook, something that you use to attract uh, that person. And then you're building the relationship through retargeting and follow up calls or text messages or email campaigns. And then you're converting them on that one on one call.
0: Right. So Russell Brunson used to say the hook story closed. So the hook is to get you to stop scrolling because most people spend like a second and a half scrolling through their phone. And the hook is to get them, you know, stop scrolling. And then the story is whatever you're trying to get across to them, your opinion or your belief or your knowledge, and then closes trying to get them to make a decision and drive them to some kind of call to action. Um, you, You mentioned something though, and I remember when a shift happened between, and we kind of both did it at the same time. I think you did it probably more faster than I did, which was we figured out that, both of us made a tremendous amount of money banging on the phone, talking one-to-one or talking to multiple people a day, but we still we were still only leveraged by one-to-one. And then all of a sudden, we started to get introduced to how to leverage our time and our effort through a team. And then we took that one step further, and we figured out how to leverage our time and effort without the team and took the personalities out of it, did it with digital marketing, which was a funnel, a sales funnel, and enabled us to kind of go from speaking to 10, 30 people a day to speaking to thousands of people a day, literally in a second. So one of the things, one of the things, what's interesting about that transition though, we did that over probably a five, 10 year period, probably would you agree with me? Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Different stages.
0: And what what I kind of wanted to get your opinion on is I said, we didn't do it by, we didn't do it on purpose. We were almost forced to do it because when we first started, you can make a living on the float of the, just the random leads that will come in into the internet and in different in different places and stuff like that. And we can get those those eyeballs to see us and get an engagement. <clears them. throat> and then all of a sudden you had companies like the big Z companies and those guys come in and they were like the, what I used to call the, the, giant, the giant Chinese fishing trollers would come in, scoop up all the leads. And then they would call Jay and I and go, Hey, we want to sell you these leads. And me and Jay would be like, well, wait a minute. These people are calling about my, my listing that I stood on the end of the boat to go catch that, that listing and you're going to sell it back to me. So with that understanding and that's happening in not just our business, but in multiple businesses right now, whether you're in healthcare, it happened in the travel industry before us, you coach a tremendous amount of people, thousands of agents, Jay. If I was to start at zero and I was going, I'm, let's say I'm an agent going from zero to 50. What's my, what's my like three things that I need to do this minute in order to build a business so that I could feed my family?
1: All right. well, got me on the spot here, so let me make sure that I give some good answers and good content Dude, for you. You
0: always, always do.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Um, so first off, with zero to 50, that's you know, you're really just starting. You, you are truly a startup at that point. And this goes for any business or any individual salesperson. And from zero to 50, it is purely a numbers game. And that's where you and I were, Sean, for several years until we started, you know, really scaling up our business. And um, truth be told, I extended that um, startup until I was 75 or 80 deals a year. And... While I was doing 75 or 80 deals a year, it was still for me just a numbers game. And a numbers game is reaching out, driving it home, right? You have to be lean. So your, um, your expenses have to be low in your business. You need to identify the best, um, the best quality lead source that you can get in touch with directly over the phone. And then you need to get on the phone or in person or over text. You know, you need to really start strategically getting on the phone direct to consumer.
0: Okay. So let me, re- let me re- just recover that. So you said first thing you got to be is you got to lead by example, it sounds like, right? Like we did, we probably did 75% of the business when we were doing those numbers. You mentioned that you have to be lean, and you have to watch your P&L or watch your numbers right on their cost of operation. Right. And yeah. then you talked about the quality of the lead. Tell me more about the quality. Like what is, what would, what is, let me ask you this. Um, if you're uh, you're in the, you're in the real estate space and you're doing real, real estate transactions, how do I know what my, how, what's a good way for me to figure out my ideal client profile?
1: Yeah. Um, so to figure out your, you know, I, I wouldn't even go that far on, um, as, as a starter, right. Um, and that's what we'll call it. We'll call it a starter. Yep. So yep. a starter, you, you don't need to focus in on an ideal client profile, which is, you know, it's a process of, you know, answering 30 or 40 questions about your ideal client and and their demographic, things that they're interested in, where they spend their time. Um, right. I would, opposed to focusing on that, I would focus on who is, you know, who are the people? So if you're a real estate agent, are you targeting expired, FISBOs canceled? Are you um, looking for absentee landlords, absentee owner leads? Um, just listed, just sold, maybe, but you know, just listed, just sold has a much lower conversion rate. You're better off um, sticking with the highest converting leads. And those are typically for sale by owner, expired for rent by owner, absentee owners. I would choose one of those and just beat it, you know, beat the street out of it, become an expert. That's going to get you traction.
0: So let's just define a. So just for those out that are listening in the real estate space, at least when when you list your house, you have a contract for 60, 90, 120 days with an agent. And that agent says, hey, you know what, Jay, if if I sell your house, you're going to pay me. And if I don't sell your house, you're still going to pay me if you sell it with somebody else during that period. But after that, it expires. And at midnight, when that contract expires, for years, Jay and I, the next morning, eight o'clock in the morning, we'd be calling you saying, oh my God, Mr. Seller, I noticed your home came up on a computer as an expired listing. And I was calling to see, when do you plan on relisting it? So that and you know, when, when our mentors would talk about immediate business, they talked about for sale by owners and, um, as being like the fastest, the fastest track to getting somebody because they're raising their hand, the expired. So, so now I'm, I've got my business I'm starting to get it up and running. And, and now I'm talking about like your sweet spot, which is people that have been around for a while and they're stuck at 30, 50, 20 deals a year. How do you get them unstuck when you work with them, Jay?
1: Yeah, let me actually mention something that's um that's notable here. The, the you're looking for two things mm-hmm. uh, that are going to determine the quality of that lead source and those are motivation and time frame. No matter what industry you're in, you have to find people who have motivation and who have motivation but within the next 60-90 days to make right. a decision.
0: So and how do you how do you figure that
1: out? Uh, well, for real estate, it's it's rather easy. Like you said, uh, for sale by owners and expired listings, they had their home on the market. Um, exp- they have less motivation than someone who contacts a real estate professional, of course, because um, you know if they did, if their home was priced right, it would have sold. Um, and it, for a for sale by owner, obviously they think that they have a secret sauce um, rather than working with a real estate professional. But right. that's, that's really the easiest way um, for real estate agents and for other verticals, just understanding um, who that ideal client is.
0: Right. I think, you know, what I was, was alluding to probably is pre-qualifying the customer before you go out to see them mm-hmm. you know, is what you just got done saying, which is, you know, physically ask them, Hey, if I come out to see you, are you going to make a decision? And if they're not going to make that decision in a timely fashion, then maybe you got to find somebody who is. So um, we say, okay, so, so now we've, we've, we've got some of that figured out. We got some, we got the motor running where I don't keep looking backwards to go forwards. Cause I know that as long as I show up and do, you know, look for those quality people and I run my business lean, I'm going to make a living and I'm going to keep the car running. So now I don't have to focus on just, you know, restarting the car every, every day um, it's running and it's kind of cruising how do I take it from cruising to either going on autopilot or increasing the momentum and the speed of it to either yeah. generate more business or work less?
1: Yeah. Great question. So whether or not you're going, whether or not you want to stick in that zero to 50 uh, deals a year or go from 50 to hundred at that point, if you want to, the let's say the zero to 50 is wants to coast, right? And just quality of life and the 50 to 100, they really want to start growing. Um, Then you need to be focusing on two things specifically that are going to help you leverage. Uh, One is your systems okay. and for real estate agents, you know, we do not, we don't get taught how to build good real estate systems Um, with a good system in your business then you're able to gain capacity, you're able to leverage, you have more time in your day, and the business is running without you. That's where those automations that you were talking about before, Sean, those automations come into play. So Got systems it. is one for sure. And then the second focus is profit. Um, you have to develop a, uh, a business IQ at that point. If you're going to grow from 50 to 100, and to focus on your profit, this is where you dial in on your metrics your uh, your kPIs and um, and your budgeting you really have to set aside a budget you have to have a marketing budget you have to know what your uh, what your labor cost is these are really important things when you're scaling
0: so you know I kind of refer to those as when I do consulting as KPIs keep uh, key performance indicators and you mentioned something about You know, one of those words that people in the real estate business don't really understand sometimes is profit. You Mm -hmm. know, they you know for years they live on the float, which is you know the money coming in. They made made twenty thousand dollars, but they've spent seventeen to get it, and they're going to have to spend seventeen every month. So they're really not making twenty; they're really making three. Mm -hmm. How do I if if you if you just cut it to a nutshell and you said what what percentage of my what percentage of my of my income should be invested back into systems? back into coaching and back into like savings god forbid the world collapses
1: yeah so um it really just depends on your personal goals and where you want to be um so i always recommend putting together um even as a little as a 90-day roadmap and in that 90-day roadmap you set your sights on how many uh transaction sides that you want to take um over the next year, but then you were, you know, you just dial it back and divide it by four and you have a 90 day plan uh, or a 90 day goal at first. And then Got you look, then you look to see everything else needs to be in alignment with that goal.
0: So tell you me know? more about that.
1: Yeah. So let's say that um, first quarter next year, I want to do 25 transactions. Well, um, then I want, uh, if I'm going to do 25 transactions, I need to know my average sales price, my average commission. And then I also need to factor in uh, what I know so far for my expenses. And um, and so I would say who or what is needed. So okay. who else are you going to need to make that happen? And what specifically will you need to make that happen?
0: So. Interestingly enough, I spoke to a gentleman yesterday or a couple of days ago and, um, and he mentioned something that I learned from a guy named Russell Brunson, who unlike our, our coaches that we had 20 years ago that we worked together with both, this gentleman brought to light again. Uh, and he, I asked him, I said, who do you think is the most important piece of the puzzle? And he said, it's, it's, it's the who. You don't have to focus on how many more transactions you need to focus on who in your business or who is the next person that's going to help introduce you to, you know, like be able to sell your property management company? There's only a handful of people that would buy that on a nationwide scale. So there's going to be a who, oh, there's only a certain amount of who's that are going to be able to do that with. Um, who is, you know, what do you think is your number one who in your business? Like who is the person that, besides your wife, because I know your wife keeps you in between the lines. Um, she's wonderful. Hands,
1: hands down the implementer. Okay. Many times, um, you know, mo- most real estate agents tend to be visionaries or entrepreneurs, and we will not succeed if we do not have a good implementer. That implementer can be an operations manager, um, process director, but just to keep it simple, it's the person who does all of the technical stuff. They set up the systems. They think strategically, but they can also um, they can also act strategically
0: so they get you out of the weeds in other words
1: yeah without a good implementer you're it's kind of like um building a 100 story skyscraper and not having a good foundation right so what's what's going to happen right you know you try building the 30th story but you don't have a good foundation you're going to collapse but if you start with a good foundation then you'll be able to to build and scale as much as possible
0: I just want to point something out because it goes back to like when I created this podcast it was billion dollar blind spots and people say, oh, a billion dollars, that's way out of my even thought process. But what's interesting is like, I just kind of clicked in my brain. One of the two things that we kind of learned how to do, I think, in spite of all the training that we did to say, get on the phone and you do this, you do this, you do this, was there is no way that you could build a, a national property management company in six states and build it to scale and then sell it as you, the implementer, you, the, the budget guy, you, the sales guy, you, the everything. And, you know, whether that's real estate or, you know, I don't care. You know, like you said, even if, even if you're the guy building the house and the, the you know, the general contractor, there's, a, there's maybe one out of 50 contractors that do the whole thing from start to finish. And those guys are usually dead. And, you know, when they're 45, 50 years old, they have a massive heart attack from, doing the entire project and trying to keep all the balls in the air so when you sit you know let me back up we were taught we were taught spend the vast majority of our time working in the business and then spend some time working on the business like by chris heller i think was one of the guys who taught me that and he said take a half day or a full day greg actually it was greg harrelson who taught me that and he said take half day on friday and just work on your business versus in your business if you were to, you just got done talking about that in a very generic way. If you were to work in your business and you were a sales guy, no matter if you're selling buggy whips or, or widgets, what do you think the one, two, three things you'd have to look at to be able to realistically know if you're going backwards, forwards, or stagnant? What are they, like? the three things that you need to look at?
1: Um, so are you asking, what are the three things to know if you're, um, successfully growing your business?
0: Yeah. In, in other words, like my, am I, am I going forwards? Am I going backwards? Like the market went up 5% and my business went up 9%. So I actually outperformed the market by 4% or did the market, did the market stay flat and my business, my business went down 20%, mm-hmm. you
1: know, I only, I only care about that um, as it relates to, to my company performance, okay. um, not my company growth. Uh, so what I mean, how what many
0: I mean, difference in that?
1: Yeah. What I mean for my company growth, uh, if I'm setting the target for where I want my company to be um, within the next year or three yep. years, then that target, I want to know if I am on track to hit that target. That's what I want to know okay. um, with other uh, with other outside uh market data that's good information to know to use in content uh marketing and also um, to you know to understand how your competitors d- are doing and what the rest of the market is doing so that's good information, but for me uh to grow a company i 'm looking at what we're looking to achieve and if we're on target to get
0: there got it so so it sounds like you know, that's a, you're not letting the, you're not letting the short-term goals dictate your long-term strategy. If I had to summarize what you just said. Okay. Um, And it just, just a simpler, you know, from in my head, at least that's how I heard it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and let's just, you know, I want to just wrap this up, but I want to, I want to make sure that people understand the depth of your knowledge and experience is, you know, it's so diverse and it's so you know impactful the way that you've you know the way you've impact so many people's lives over the years i've watched you do it um if i took you and stuck you in the desert and you had your knowledge your experience and all that gave you 500 bucks how would you rebuild your business if i took it all away from you tomorrow business You, you actually did it you moved from florida to where you are now
1: yeah yeah we did that so um you know, putting on the entrepreneur hat and not being exclusive to real estate sales or property management. Five years ago, I had a choice to make. And yeah. that choice wasn't really a choice because my wife kinda told me that we were gonna be moving. Right. And we moved states. And that's uh to a real estate agent, you know, that's our worst nightmare. Yeah. Moving shifting markets. You, know, you move to a new market. I mean, we were, making, we we're making good money. we were selling at that hundred homes a year. Uh, we were managing about 500 or so properties in Southwest Florida. And yeah, the decision that we had to make was, um,
0: you know, what, do I, what do I do? You go, you go five 100. states away and you're at zero. You got a business yeah. card on your phone. Now, what do you do?
1: Yeah. Because here's the thing about a real estate uh, business it's virtually, uh, it's, it's virtually has zero value. It's not like a property management business, property management. Uh, you have rent coming in, you have, um, you have management fees, you have other ancillary fees, and that's a business that produces you revenue. And all you have to do is work on your business. If you want to, uh, if you want to scale that, um, but in real estate brokerage, uh, you know, the value, I didn't have really any value on the business. So I had to decide what to do in Charlotte. Um, so really what I would say is, and I never thought about this, but I'd say if I had to choose three, um, three things that I did when I moved to Charlotte, um, the first one is I found the right who's I found, I I got laser. Actually, first thing I got laser focused on what I wanted. And that was to build, um, to build a marketing business and coaching business that would work without me over the course of the next 10 years. So getting laser focused on, uh, on what I wanted. The second thing was to actively seek out the people locally and nationally that could help make that happen. So one of the connections I made um, in Charlotte was uh, a guy by the name of Nick McCree. Nick was, um, he was a a local broker. He had a ton of connections nationally. And um, by adding value to his life and asking him, hey, what can I do? What are you looking, you know, understanding what his goals were and what I could do to help him naturally, the law of reciprocity and you're surrounding yourself with the right people are going to get you uh, get you business. So that was, that was the second thing was identifying the right who. And uh, I would say the third thing um, would be to put you really, I mean, if you're starting over, I had to put my head down and I had to dive in. You're not too good to do anything when you're starting over. That means you really have to shovel the bottom of the barrel. You have to do what it takes. You have to learn get massive education uh, in anything that you're doing and uh, be willing to do anything that it takes.
0: So you guys just heard it. I'm going to recap this real quick. Laser focused, find the right who and find them in the right spot and then dive in and get to work. Um, you know, and, and what's funny is Jay and I used to joke about this like years ago and I know he'll appreciate this. You know, people say, oh, I'm balanced and I'm going to sit and I'm going to sit quiet in my bedroom and do like my meditation and this and that. And the reality is, is if you really want something big and you really have a huge goal for yourself or your family and you, sometimes you got to get out of balance to get in balance. Um, yeah, you know, that's so you, true. You know, you got to, in order to, in order to get momentum, you got to start running. And, you know, it doesn't feel good when you start running, you know. Um, so, Jay, See, um, where do people need you? I was just going
1: to, no, I was going to give, give a real life testament to that. Um, you know, so that was five years ago when I had to really grind it out, working 14 hour a day, 14 hours a day, spending, uh, over, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars surrounding myself with the right people, the right education. Um, but now my wife and I and my kids will go and we'll take summer trips. We'll go, we'll be on for a month or two at a time. And, uh, just traveling in our RV and just That's awesome. not, not having to work if we don't want to. So you work hard to create the choices that you want in life.
0: Well, I'm going to back up for a second. I think some people will misinterpret that. Your business is designed now to work with automation when you're not there. So you're, even though you're not working, your business is actually operating. And you're still generating a return on investment or cash flow from those thousands of dollars of investments and everything else. So I don't want people to think like, Oh my God, I just time myself out and I don't work anymore. Yeah, <laughs> he does, but he, but he works his brains out and then puts automation in place so that it can work 24 seven when he's on vacation. Um, Jay meant, you know what? I remember the conversation sitting in New York city and he said, you know what? I'm just tired and I'm, I'm changing. And you know, like you said, like, you know, is I got that out. I got that out of, you know, that universal awareness probably, at about 54 years old and was looking for an answer I ultimately left real estate sales and retired after you know grinding like like you said for 25 years um, we're now on the mortgage side helping people you know leverage and leverage properties and build wealth um, where do people find you where are they if they want to find out more about who Jay is and, and by the way Jay what just give a give a snapshot of what are the services you provide people when you do work with them one-on-one or as a group.
1: Sure. So um, I work with brokers and team leaders for the most part um, in real estate and in property management. Uh, we have a major focus on business. For your. Co- uh, we do coaching and consulting and we have a major focus on your business and your business goals, goals. And then we reverse engineer that to what are the things that you need in your business and who do you need to target in order to get there? Um, so yeah, that's that's what we do. And uh, you can reach out to me, shoot me an email, j at funnelsandfire.com.
0: Awesome. So, jay at funnelsandfire. if you want to take your business or, you know, if you want to take your business, whether it's in the real estate business or insurance, I mean, listen, commission sales is commission sales. It's not really complicated. It's people, process, and money <laughs> and how to drive it in and how to, how to net as much as you can. Um, once again, billion dollar blind spots where we discover and capitalize on the billion dollar blind spots, the light of your dormant in your business and your lifestyle. Jay, it have been a pleasure to talk to you again, as always, man, your wealth of knowledge. I'm always intrigued with the conversation. Um, I think we both have matured to a certain extent. And, you know, listen, uh, you know, he's still got more hair than I do, but that's beside the point. <laughs> other than that, man, I see on the other side, Jay, thanks so much for being a guest.
1: Yeah, thanks. And, uh, you know, good luck, everybody who's, uh, who's listening
0: right on. See you, bro. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to comment and share this podcast. To learn more about Sean T. chalice go to www.linktree.com backslash Sean T. chalice.